0: This is Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Every episode, we take a closer
1: look at companies who are getting customer experience right from over the phone, social, apps, or in person. There are some companies that are just really good at this. What are they doing differently
0: to make great customer experience happen? Listen in and find out. Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast
2: starts now. Hey, welcome to Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Pat Purdue. <laughs> and I'm really glad you're here for another episode. As you may know, for about the past 10 months, I've been on the board of directors of Canada's spa association called Leading Spas of Canada. Specifically, because spas in particular have been hit so hard by the effects of COVID 19 restrictions, I figured that if I'm going to lend some expertise to an industry, that wouldn't be a bad choice. And I'm really glad I did because it allowed me to meet so many amazing, inspiring professionals who have dedicated their lives to wellness and enabling self-care. And I have so much respect for these amazing people. Last episode, we had Jean-Guy de Gabriac, internationally recognized authority on spa and massage. And I was also honored to be able to speak about guest experience at the World Spa and Wellness Awards in London, England. I'm so grateful for that opportunity to meet spa professionals from Europe, South America, and even the Far East. And yeah, I went to a conference, like, with people and everything. It was great, yeah, and kind of weird, to be honest, being around so many people. Of course, everyone's vaccine status was being checked, and I didn't get COVID, so that was good. And (laughs) I want to share that in the weeks and days approaching the event, I was kind of not feeling so much like going none of my clothes fit for one thing thank you pizza (laughs) and traveling has become a lot trickier you gotta pre-book tests and fill out more forms and blah 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 but i have to tell you once i was there getting to be on stage again and meeting so many new and wonderful people it was great And I think for most of us, these last 18 to 20 months have caused our worlds to get a lot smaller. Geographically, we venture out less, we meet fewer people, and so much of we, or at least what I do, is seen through a computer screen now over a Zoom connection. This conference gave me the chance to break that pattern, and for a weekend, reacquaint myself with the bigger world out there. Much of this year has been saying no to things, right? Like, no to even meeting up with friends and no to traveling, no to mixing up your patterns and being spontaneous. This conference gave me the chance to say yes, and that felt really good. So I want to share with you that probably after saying no for so long, if you have the opportunity to say yes or for my improv comedy listeners to say yes and, take it. It'll feel risky, maybe even a little subversive. It might even scare you a little. Like, getting on a plane and going to a conference in London scared me. But yeah, it was great. Yes, and. Powerful, powerful words. No to COVID, but yes, and to everything else. Okay, so let's talk about today's show and our incredible guests. I was talking about spas earlier, and few industries have been hit harder during COVID than the spa industry. So how do spas specifically, but I think organizations in general weather this kind of adversity and come out the other side potentially stronger? What's that special ingredient that helps some companies to survive while others aren't so lucky? While you're holding that question in your mind, I want to introduce you to our guests today, two of the most successful entrepreneurs and business people in the spa industry in Canada. And we're going to do a deep dive into how they weathered the COVID-19 storm and how they innovated and how they brought their businesses out the other side even stronger than before. And if you know spa in Canada, you already know my two guests. Celine Tadrisi is the founder-owner of two businesses. Hamam Spa, with two locations in Toronto, has been one of Toronto's most beautiful and renowned spas since opening their first location 15 years ago. Hamam Spa was recently awarded Canada's top day spa for 2021 by the London, England-based World Spa Awards. Celine Tadrisi is also the founder of luxury skincare line CELA and sits on the board of directors of the leading spas of Canada, which is how we met. Elena Zuchenko, also on the board of directors of leading spas of Canada and a former chair, is the spa director at the luxurious 10 Spa, which she helped launch 17 years ago. Ten spas is located in the beautiful Fort Garry Hotel in Winnipeg, in the province of Manitoba. Elena is also the business director of The Face Bar, also in Winnipeg, which she launched two years ago. The Face Bar's mission is to bring intensive skincare treatments and medical-grade products to the public at affordable prices, because top-quality skincare shouldn't have to be a luxury. And I'm so excited to present my conversation with Celine Tudrisi and Elena Zuchenko. We begin with Celine speaking to what she attributes her long run of success to and what has sustained her throughout the worst of the COVID-19 shutdown. And then we'll hear from Elena Zuchenko. Okay, here's Celine Tadrisi.
1: I think a lot of times when you're operating a business, you get bogged down in the daily chaos and issues that come up. And it's important to really do regular check-ins on why you started the business, what you want to achieve through it, the kind of higher level uh, goals. For me, doing that regularly and just doing a checkpoint that my, let's call it mission statement and my operation are in line is important so that you don't dilute your brand based on what's happening. And then I think also, you know, after you've been operating for a period of time, it's very easy to get, I'll say, uh, comfortable in the way that you've, you're doing things and the operation and uh, staff protocols. And, and I think a lot of places lose touch with the experience that they're offering and with the industry updates and changes. So it's it's really, um, it's a balance for me between staying true to, to my initial why and intention behind the spa and being open minded to changes in the industry, new technologies, uh, new ways of operating uh, to, to avoid becoming stale.
2: And very apropos to our conversation today, considering we're talking about COVID and your experience and your spa's experience during and after COVID, which may have challenged some of those things may have challenged the why a little bit or or caused you to reflect back to that. So I think I'll circle back to that in a moment. And Alana, what would you say is the secret of being successful over a long period of time?
0: To be honest with you, I didn't know if we're going to be successful. It was a dream to do something better and bigger that Winnipeg never had or industry never had. We always thought, okay, let's just try to do a little boutique spa. Let's just see what happens let's get all the knowledge let's get everything we know and uh, let's try to do better and bigger and start from the very beginning with a very very high standards so the bottom line we've always knew that high standards will always be in trend and uh, not cutting corners i would say the most important in all of all these years it's been not cutting corners and when I say that, uh, I mean not cutting corners in every part of the operations of the spa, every product that we purchase, every tool that we purchase, every supply, disposable, or, or whatever it is, it was always the best of its kind in this category. And um, it may cost more money. Yes, it may be uh, your uh, at the end your cost of running the business is more, but uh, this is what brings our customers back. This is what keeps our employees. This is why uh, our retention is so high. I have employees we've hired um, before we op- even opened the spa. Our first crew was hired before we opened the spa, and we put them through this intense, intense training over a couple of months and uh, I thought oh my god they're not gonna survive they're not gonna even last for months but I still have some of those uh, working after all these years so um, Winnipeg is a smaller market and in Winnipeg it's kind of a rule everybody always test things in Winnipeg for some reason because the customers are so tough and have such a a high expectation in terms of, okay, let's see what they're going to do. Let's see who these people are, right? But then if they like you, they they really become loyal to you. So a majority of our clientele and our customers being in a hotel, uh, 95% of our clientele, it's local people. So we really got this reputation. And again, it's not cutting corners in every part of the business.
2: Fascinating. And that's very similar to Celine's comment about staying true to your why and remembering why you're there and i think that really ties into our conversation around spa in a post-covid economy how spas can emerge successfully as well as continuing to provide the services that your spas have always been known to provide for each of you is there a before covid and after covid picture of your spas has anything remarkably changed? Or is it, are we starting to return to life as it was prior to COVID? Celine?
1: I would definitely say that there is a pre and post COVID operation. Um, So much changed for me in the GTA. And, you know, and there's a number of challenges, the first one being staffing, there's just a, a massive shortage in spa and hospitality uh, in Ontario right now. So staffing is, is really a huge challenge and then really needing to step back and, and reevaluate my operating costs, my prices, um, because with the increase in wages that I have to pay, um, I have a decrease in volume that I'm able to do. Uh, not as much because of capacity limitations, but because of staff limitations. So there, there is definitely a huge shift that poses challenges. I will say though that that I'm delighted, and it's not a bad problem to have. So I'm elated since uh, since we reopened in July that the demand is like it's it's never been before and in our king street location we were always a busy spa both locations are open seven days a week Uh, we kind of do do a high volume of clients for the type of operation that we are and since reopening the demand for services for groups we're drowning we can't keep up and that's that's to me you know i know it's it's a lot of pressure on staff but it's a problem that for the last uh, 18 plus months I've been really looking forward to having. So there's there's a, a real shift. Um, and I think it's really, for me, really rewarding to be in this industry because when, when you're in the industry of the human experience, of touch, of smell, it was really challenging. We were able to shift and, and do a number of online events and have e-commerce operating fairly well through our site but it wasn't offering the core of the why uh, I started the spa because we weren't able to provide that human touch or in-person experience. So to see that people have really realized the importance of that, of wellness, of, of taking time for themselves and the demand for it is is huge right now, uh, post COVID, is really a great thing for the industry, I think. And kind of a, a tipping point for, for the next phase of, of where the industry uh, whether it be spa and wellness, is is going to be
2: going in in the next decade. Interesting. Thank you. And Elena, from your perspective, do you have a before picture and an after picture, COVID being the thing in between? Pre-COVID, did it look like one thing? And then after COVID, now that you've re-emerged, does it look like something a little bit different?
0: Yes and no. I'll say um, COVID happened. It happened overnight. What we had to do, I had to basically sit back and just look at everything we do at every part of our operations and everything again all the supplies every protocols starting from cleaning protocols to treatment protocols to checking protocols checkout protocols every every everything single protocol that involves spa experience including how we take calls how do we what kind of information do we send with email confirmation? How do we send email confirmations? And it kind of made me think. And it made me think in a good way. It made me completely sift everything through very, very, very fine cheesecloth, I would say. And uh, really define our operations. So I would say, if anything, and it may sound very weird. But COVID made my business, both of my businesses, actually, and they're very different in terms of operations, better and more defined. And it also made all the stuff. I have to say, I lost a few people. Like Celine was saying, there was a moment when some of the people uh, just decided to change the industry. They didn't go to different spa, obviously, to work because there was nowhere to go, really but they just simply left the industry. They got scared. Uh, They had, you know, like everybody else have bills to pay. So they just went and uh, went to work on something less exciting and but more stable, (laughs) let's put it this way, which is, you know, completely, I I 100% understand and support. And um, as soon as the third wave ended, and we really never closed the spa, we only closed the spa for the first time when uh, the first closure was uh, across the country. And we opened two months later with all the massage services. So we were able to provide massage therapy all the way. So it didn't feel like we were closed for a very long time. But this whole time just reassured that uh, everything we've been doing been um, up to the COVID standards. But now we upgraded everything to the level where I have government officials calling us and, and calling me to be uh, an, ad- an advisory committee to help them with protocols and how to roll out different stages because of the standards, because of the uh, uh, the operational protocols we are using at TENSPA. So um, I would say it was a moment when everything need to be uh, rethinked, reinforced, uh, reassured for better ways. So my all my staff are well, one thing for sure. I don't know if Selena, you can say that uh, calling sick, it's almost not a problem in the last almost two years. It almost not been existing calling sick. Very few people, when they had to stay home with kids because the co- school were closing or doing some COVID testing, but otherwise, th- the people take care of themselves way better and they really cherish their work and they know how important it is and how lucky they are that they have what they have. And with all that demand that Celine was just mentioning, with all that, uh, yes, it's completely 100% true. The demand is huge. And we back to our COVID, pre-COVID numbers, it's all working, but the staff really truly appreciate and sees how uh, lucky and uh, they are to have the jobs that they have and have the skills uh, what they have and place of work that they have, that it is such a high demand, even more so because the again, that's what people want, people are human touch, regardless of it's a, if it's a three-hour experience or it's a half-an-hour quick facial.
2: And Celine, for your businesses, for your locations, have any operational procedures changed? Are you importing any of your, maybe your new procedures that you determined or established during COVID? Have they found their way into the post-COVID version of Hamam Spa?
1: Uh, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of adaptations that have happened and we've tried to streamline the process for clients from waiver forms and and just that type of formality so that it's the most user-friendly and and most organized for us. I would say probably similar to Elena, we always had such a, a high standard for how the spas operated on the back end, that it didn't, with with the new regulations and uh, wanting, you know, I think everyone in the industry valuing being open across all areas from hair, nails, gyms, valuing the importance of safety and cleanliness and protocols. We didn't have to make significant changes uh, for, for that side of things because we already went above and beyond what the minimum was pre-COVID. So for us, that wasn't a real um, hurdle to get over and and to adapt to. I'm sure Elena has has a similar uh, experience with regards to that part of the operation. Yeah, I would say really like the main difference post-COVID from operation is just dealing with um, staff shortages and, and the demand because when we first reopened the first month or so i had a similar experience where we really had our core staff that came back enthusiastic and and really just valuing being able to work and picking up and everyone you know covering for each other and in the last month you know i have been able to Gradually every week add a few new members, but I've seen my core staff from service providers to management really kind of reaching a point of of exhaustion. And I I see that in a lot of businesses, you know, in in restaurants Our King Street location is around a lot of restaurants where the demand has just been so much that people are sometimes a little bit checked out. So that's been really like the main challenge that we've had to address from an operational side to ensure that... You know, everyone is taking that time for themselves and that we have a fair kind of system for operations. And I think because like Elena, we we were open for a large portion of the closure in the industry with registered massage. In my feel of that, we weren't offering the spa experience because of restrictions with massage therapists like it, it was running somewhat like a clinic. But I think like fully reopening the spa, it's just it's been such a challenge to uh, provide that level of customer service. And I think it could be a two part that people are have been used to for such a long stretch of time operating on a very slow pace. And I find a lot of even my senior staff that have worked with me for more than 10 years, uh, they're becoming overwhelmed, and and I, I sometimes need to remind people that this is kind of the pace that we had before COVID. So you know the demand is definitely higher. There's staff shortages, but on a standard day, because of of the staff I have, we're we're doing some days similar similar operation, similar volume to 2017, 2018. But I find that people think it's it's much more maybe and I'm assuming that's because there was such a slow (laughs) a slow period of time that it takes a while to adjust to getting back into the groove of things
2: Mm -hmm. our recollection of life before COVID is really fuzzy I think you know because we've been so used to as you mentioned a slower pace or kind of kind of doing nothing another question that I'm sure listeners to our conversation have particularly spa directors and spa owners they might be in the position where they need to increase revenue right now. Elena, what are your thoughts on that?
0: We, um, and again, another thing going back to COVID, and we have expanded our spa. We've created uh, additional lounging space and, and we opened more rooms. We've kind of came up with this idea at the very beginning of the last year probably when everything was very unknown because we wanted to create more spaces for people to come along lounge around and be safe and don't feel like they're in a crowded place because the tenspot spot can get pretty crowded when it's a uh, busy saturday with 120 30 appointments so um, my way of thinking was how do we make this better uh, without jeopardizing this uh, experience and without, and creating a different another level of experience for our guests, so they feel safe and all that, and they feel that they don't have to question anything. And how do we bring our groups back? Because the problem was: Are we ever going to do groups again? Are we ever going to do these gatherings again? Are people going to think of a spa as a place to spend their bachelor party uh, like they did before? So that's why we uh, decided to create an additional space just for that reason, for those groups, for those people to be a tense but have their own space and have their own next level luxurious experience, but feeling safe and feeling taken care of and uh, not crossing the guests who may be coming for uh, just a couple's experience or maybe one person coming to have their own getaway time. So it was actually a good thing because I probably wouldn't have done it. If not COVID, we wouldn't even think of expanding to the um, other floor. Uh, and we're lucky. I mean, obviously, 10 spies in the hotel. So I do have a large uh, building with 10 floors. And since we know that traveling is not going to be the same for years, so this is why we're using that as an opportunity to elevate guest experience and spy experience and create their uh, another uh, space which is uh, very exclusive now. It's becoming the, this five star experience for people, so it's uh, an expansion of the ten spa uh, and an expansion of the, the high level service.
2: Got it. And it's almost like some spas might be tempted to shrink a little bit or to hustle. Yes. Yeah. But you've taken a different approach where you've created even more space for people to come and relax and enjoy the space rather than making it more of a, of a quick restriction. Yes, Yes. 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 And Celine over to you, what advice might you have to a relatively recent spa director or spa manager who's under pressure, to increase revenue, what are some things that they might do? And what are some things that they might avoid?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Because, you know, across the industry, increasing revenue to try to recover from the closure, and then also to, um, to just deal with the increased expenses with operating post COVID is a challenge that most operators and directors are definitely facing right now. And it's something that I think has to be really thought out tactfully based on the particular operation. For me, you know, even pre-COVID, I always kind of did that check back to the overall why and purpose and brand of your operation. And if you're bringing in a service or a protocol or a promotion for an instant fix, which is sometimes very tempting. But if it takes away, I think from the client experience, uh, which, which is you know the core of the industry or from your particular brand, then it's risky. <laughs> it's a risky uh, road to go down. So I, I think that's something that people have to be wary about. But I think um, for us, especially you know, from the challenges of just not being able to book the volume of services due to lack of staff in the last few months, For us thinking out of the box and being more open to different collaborations has been really beneficial from different events that we've done we did a film festival event at our king street location last month uh, since the toronto film festival was on and we did a few day event where we collaborated with brands that in the past i wouldn't have thought would have been a fit for the spa so we collaborated with a collagen water company with Nadage, which is an amazing uh, bakery in Toronto. They have many locations for doing custom uh, macaroons for attendees of the event. And we partnered also with a tequila company for doing spa, quote unquote, cocktails for people coming out to this event. and. Um, it was it was one of the first events we've done post-COVID and it sold out in like less than two hours from when we posted it. And the feedback was excellent and people just really enjoyed, you know, having a dip into the spa experience, reconnect with a friend or, or having a, a night out to experience. So for me, that was a great supplement to our revenue in an area that in the past, I wouldn't have thought would be beneficial. But I think it definitely added value for the clients that did sign up for it. Um, They got to see the spa in a different light. And it was definitely a success and something that before COVID, I wouldn't have thought would be a fit for us.
2: I'd love to dive into that a little bit more deeply. So the event would take place at your spa and attendees would get to experience whatever the co-branding partner would be. In this case, maybe it was a tequila company or something like that, as they get to enjoy some of what the spa has to offer. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I had kind of experimented with this a little bit when I launched my product line with having an event and allowing people to attend something and try the spa experience a little bit without making that huge commitment or getting, you know, we do a lot of body treatments and facials and massages. So without getting quote unquote, you know, messed up without doing the full escape, but still incorporating a nice experience, some some wellness in, in their night out. So yeah, clients would come and we had partnered also with SkinCeuticals who were a flagship for in Toronto to do mini hand peels and hand treatments and my product line to do some pressure point massage and and inhalation. And then the attendees got, you know, a, a take home bag. They kind of made a night of it. We had a lot of girlfriends that hadn't seen each other since pre-COVID. So it was a, a way for people to have an experience, uh, remind themselves of the spa and the importance of wellness, but then still have a night out. And, and it's a great way to promote the spa also. Next month, I'm doing an event with the Mandarin Oriental Hotel property in Barcelona, where we are training the staff and doing a number of new treatments in their spa But then for press and to engage also the local clientele more, we're doing a pop-up in more of a public area of the property that's combining a little bit of a spa treatment that people can get well-seated, hand and temple pressure points. And then they get a cocktail from one of their restaurants and then they have a preview of the spa and an incentive to book for a treatment or to purchase retail. So it's a great way to draw attention and to add value um, to different areas and to different brands that you wouldn't otherwise with just focusing in, in one traditional direction.
2: Mm-hmm. And what a great way to expand your market. It's almost like a spa appetizer. It's a tack onto a bigger evening. And so, so I could see that being a date night or girls night out or something like that. So interesting. And connected to that and this is this will be to both of you, looking beyond. You know, we've been talking a little bit about tactics and now we're moving into strategies of how we can continue to grow the spa and to grow the brand and also to expand our services. Do you find that from a strategic level, and Celine, you mentioned pop-ups and collaborations, are there any other changes that strategically you're finding within the spa industry itself, as a result of COVID, even maybe some, some blending of services or things like that. Elena, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, if anything, uh, technology uh, would be um, probably the most important part of operations in this post-COVID era, uh, eliminating um, um, wait times, eliminating uh, any obstacles, for a client to get to the service that they're craving, they they want to, they need to. Speaking of what Celine was saying um, before also, um, how do do we, um, changing our business, how do we uh, think outside of the box? We've been doing, we've introduced some memberships. We've introduced, um, at the very low price point, um, membership for people to come in, and experience their uh, uh, the services uh, every month, monthly. And we actually went with a lower price to encourage them, I guess, as an incentive to come every month. But what's happening with that, people are actually, our guests are spending money on skincare. Skincare becomes so much more, Like when we say essential, It's truly essential. Skincare becomes so much more important now and people and our clients are willing to spend money on that. So when I say uh, technology, when we introduced the membership, I wanted to make sure it's a very easy, simple way of uh, making decisions to sign up. So there was no any uh, hassles, you know, how do I do this? How do I get the email? What do I do? How do I sign? What do I sign? So we've created this very seamless process that takes minutes to sign up by using all the current uh, technology because during COVID, uh, what happened, all these companies providing the um, operational pieces for the spa, um, uh, booking uh, platforms and all all this, everything that has to do with bookings and customer communication uh, portals, they've really, really upped the game. Uh, And I would say they came up with the technologies and tools that they probably would take a few more years for them if not covid so everything happened really 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 fast and we were able to adapt and use those uh, technologies to uh, make clients experience seamless uh, easy non intimidating and uh, um, the most important for them is the easy to make decisions so they don't have to think or i'm going to go back to it or maybe or maybe next time so there was never uh, problems. So, we um, um, created this membership experience. And I'm talking about right now, not a 10 but I'm talking about the phase bar, which is a different type of business. It's a strictly skincare, very short treatment. So, uh, we've gained a lot of membership. And this is what uh, actually puts us in the even higher volume um, bracket after COVID uh, or now, I don't know. I was still in COVID after COVID. I think we're still in it even in a higher bracket um, because of the uh, very uh, different
2: approach to uh, self-care using all the technology. Fascinating. And Celine, what are your thoughts about the role of technology in spa in general, it's such a human to human experience. And that was something that you mentioned at the top of our conversation, where you were really glad that people were coming back into your spa and almost putting the phones away and putting the technology away. But at the same time, technology can be useful. Do you see technology playing a role in in your organizations?
1: Oh, hundred percent. I I think it's it's critical, uh, and I'm sure that spas and beauty facilities that operated a little bit more old school, pre-COVID are, are now realizing that they have to adapt because I mean it's just it's just the reality. And for us, you know, obviously when when someone comes in, we want to take as much administration and hassle off of them. So ensuring that our process for making ease of booking and sharing information. The interaction that happens with clients is as seamless as possible. And now people expect that. And that's a challenge we've had with reopening is that uh, people expect uh, an instant uh, confirmation and an instant result. And we do online booking, which majority of our appointments are booked online there's been an increase definitely post covid for people to have a ease of use with booking and and with the entire process i agree
0: 100% and also uh, the communication with customers by using technology is so much improved right now there's so many tools that if you you have to make sure you use them wisely as an example i'm using my communication uh, portal or customer communication portal and my common cards as my Basically, it's my review process. It's my quality control and quality assurance for my staff and for their performance. And it's been the best tool and the best performance strategy um, with uh, my, my operations on both sides. So because it's instant and it's uh, true and it's very personal. And it's, well, majority of the comments are always great. But as soon as you get the comment, very valid comment directly to the therapist, uh, they really, really take it serious and they really up their game and they really work on it to make it better. So uh, again, thanks for
2: technology. What a great feedback loop. And I'm I'm glancing at the time here and we're kind of running toward the end of our conversation, but diving into technology and how technology will impact SPA over the next 18 to 24 months has got to be so interesting. It's almost a whole nother episode of our podcast. So I'm, I'm really, really curious about what technology will bring for spas in the, in the very near future. For our last question, both of you are, are experts and leaders of wellness in Canada. Share with us a little bit about what wellness means to you. You know, you're also really successful entrepreneurs and it's not like you have a lot of time to spend on yourself. So what does self-care look like in your world's Celine, maybe we can start with you.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great question and and being you know, working in this industry for uh, the last almost twenty years, um, I've seen this massive shift, and it's it's really been great uh, that that people have gone from seeing. Spa and self care and wellness as a treat or an indulgence to a necessary part of, of their overall life balance and their, their health care. That has been recognized as, you know, really the prevention to disease, um, mental well being, anti aging. It's, it's all the maintenance balance. So, I mean, for me personally, I'm thankful that, that I've always r- thoroughly enjoyed my, my self-care routine, and, and it's, been, it's been a ritual for me since I was a teenager. And I think for a lot of people, they are shifting their idea of seeing it as an indulgence to seeing it as um, an ability to, to operate on a, on a better level, to be, you know, for me, taking the time for myself, even if it's 20 minutes extra in the washroom in the morning, I know that that day I'll be, you know, a better a better leader. I'll be a happier mom, a better wife, uh, a more content person. Um, so I don't see it as, you know, working in this industry. I, I see it as as a, a really positive thing, and and I think, um, you know, it's it's really rewarding to work in an industry where where you're improving people's lives, and I'm glad to see it. it continues to grow and and become so much more of of an integrative approach to to overall health. Uh, I'm excited for what's to come.
2: Awesome. And yeah, especially these times, right during COVID, I think so many people recognized that looking after their self care and their wellness had to be job one and everything else followed. Uh, Elena, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I would say exactly the same thing what Celine said. And um, related to COVID, uh, we know that, uh, like I said, mentioned before, me, my staff, uh, they don't get sick because simply they take care of themselves. And and this is a you know trend. People really don't get sick. People don't get flus. People don't get any of those things anymore because they, they simply take care of themselves better now. And this is a very valuable mindset, especially for us, for the spa operators. This is what, Everybody wants, people want to take care of themselves because it works. We've been saying this for years, right, Celine? We've been preaching this for years. Mm -hmm. And now it's becoming a reality. And just like Celine, um, uh, people always compliment, you know, my skin, people always compliment, but it was always something that I did for myself. I've always thought that um, the people who take care of of themselves, they project, different energy uh, everybody around them uh, get captivated and they sometimes I notice how people look at me and not because I'm pretty or anything but because my skin is healthy and even wearing a mask, they can still see it so uh, it brings people they look at you different they listen to you they want to know what the heck do you know that they don't know and uh, I think taking care of of, thems- of yourself it's very attractive, and it's uh, it's becoming um, more of a mainstream. I would say, we, I mean, still a long way, but it's becoming very important for people that never thought about it, or they thought that, uh, anything has to do with this self care is. Uh, Not in my life. I I have to do other things. I have to make money. I have to do whatever I have to do. But now uh, it's um, uh, the main purpose of life. You really need to take care of yourself to produce, to provide, to do anything you want or uh, simply exist. uh, Self-care in the way of spa. or or skincare or body care, Uh, it's what really drives us and what uh, makes everything work. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm so thrilled that so many, I think, have realized this now as a result of COVID. And I'm also thrilled that both of you have been able to join the podcast today. And I'm super, super grateful. Celine Tadrisi, Elena Zinchenko, thanks to both of you for your time and your insights today. And I wish you all the best. looks like you're poised for amazing success over the next uh, couple of years. And, and this has been a pleasure to speak with you about your spas. So thank you so much for joining the podcast today.
0: Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat.
2: Bye. And that was my conversation with Elena Zuchenko and Celine Tadrisi. You know, I found it so interesting that these are two of the most experienced and successful spa directors in Canada. And if we're going to look at similarities, there's two things that stand out for me. One of them is the commitment to quality. Nobody's cutting corners, even in the face of temptation. And as well, it's the willingness to innovate and to reinvent. The only difference being that innovation and reinvention looked a little different for each of them, as it should. And also their unwavering commitment to what spa means, its value in our society. Okay, so how can you apply this to your business, whether it's a spa or a retail organization or any company that needs to change up the results? As I mentioned at the top of the show, maybe instead of saying, yeah, no, like we've been doing for so long, how about trying yes and? Once again, thank you to Elena Zuchenko and Celine Tadrisi for joining us, and thank you for joining us as well. Until next time, I'm Pat Perdue, and you've been listening to Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'll see you next time.